Yeah. And, you know, I get to work with a lot of entrepreneurs and, you know, these are hard charging guys often. And, you know, many of them are successful. And I think, man, what, and I see other guys who are successful. And I think, what would you be doing if you were operating at your fullest potential? Because the reality is if you were, hate to say, you know, I'm going to say overweight, but if you're drastically overweight or if you're having unhealthy habits, the reality is you're not operating to your greatest potential. And that's going to show up in things like your business, things like your relationships, whether that's with your customers, your clients, your, your uh, employees, or, you know, your wife, your spouse, whoever it is, those are all going to be affected because this meat sack that's taking you through this experience called life. Welcome to the Habits to Goals podcast with Martin Grunberg. It's time to take control of your life. Are you ready to achieve goals faster and more consistently than ever before? You need the habit factor. You're listening to Habits to Goals, the podcast that helps you create the habits that lead to success. And here is Martin Grunberg. All righty, here we go. Welcome back. Thank you very, very much for joining me. My name is Martin Grunberg. You have reached Habits to Goals, and today we have a very, very special guest, not in the studio, not too far from the studio, Mr. Luke DePron. And when I say special guest, I'm saying that in the context as we are approaching the new year. Luke is a specialist. He's a wellness specialist. He's a fitness specialist. He's a lifestyle coach, and he's going to fill us in on a whole lot more. So, Luke, how are you doing today, sir? I am great. I appreciate you uh, bringing me on to hopefully share some wisdom. Well, <laughs> I know you will. And uh, again, as we we wrap up 2019, we were, we were talking about this kind of in the open or pre-show, I should say, but uh, the, the context here is to, to bring you on, can't think of a better expert. Wealth, <laughs> health is the first wealth. So we're going to dive kind of deep into all of that before we do. I'd like to back it up and we're going to go through the GTR, Luke. So that's the good things report. You, as the guest, get to select if I go first or you go first. Uh, I'll dive in, man. I'll take it on. Wow. Um, yeah. A brave soul. All right. Go, go well, for I, it. I saw that it could be random. So uh, good, <laughs> the, <laughs> the good thing report on my end is I've booked a uh, ticket to leave sunny San Diego and head back to the Midwest for about 11 days, which is a quite a long trip. So I'm going to go see the family for, for the holidays, and then I'm going to go uh, – connect with about eight friends that I've had since I was five years old that we still keep in touch with. So I'm hoping for a snow experience <laughs> and then, uh, and then be able to run back to sunny San Diego right after. So, so when you say snow experience, are you, uh, are you talking about snowboarding, skiing, something? Oh no, way more boring than that, man. I'm a Midwest guy. So I'm going back to, uh, well, we'll now be St. Louis, Missouri, and then up into Iowa. So just flat, boring, snow. <laughs> but it's still something that's exciting. I would love to have a good snowy. Oh, uh, yeah, that sounds Great, yeah. You'll just turn it into a, uh, a a snow fight or something fun. Yeah, it won't be quite. <laughs> it, it's not quite Montana or Colorado, but you know, from uh, mixing it up from San Diego is nice. Brilliant, and we will get into how it is you live the Midwest and find <laughs> probably not too hard to guess and find your way out <laughs> to San Diego. Um, all right, my turn. The GTR. You may be or may not be excited. I'm thrilled. The, As you know, the Habit Factor came out in app form, and I've been keeping this under wraps. Um, so it came out in 2009. We're on our, it's insane, 10-year anniversary. And um, we finally buckled, and we're doing a brand new. So, so functionality, it's always been functionality over form, but 10 years into the app experience, it's time to upgrade the user interface. The user interface will be live, dare I jinx it, in the next couple weeks. And what's thrilling about it, Luke, is not that I want to say people struggle, but they didn't really struggle. They didn't want to put in the time to take two minutes to learn how to align habits to their goals. Well, we've 
we've taken that two minute, <laughs> two minute struggle out of their hands. And we have now a wizard that walks them through it step by step. And that's newly integrated in the new app. So that is my GTR. Well, that's awesome. And congratulations on that. I mean, you know, if you can cut somebody's work time from two minutes down to one, I think you really get them set for this, this world that we're in, right? Well, it is, you know, God, I fought and I shouldn't do this. I fought feedback almost every step of the way because I was so hard set about what the habit factor method was and what it wasn't. And that's for another show and another time. But, but part of this was a litmus test in my mind. If, if they can't spend, and I mean this, and you know, this as, as a trainer and a coach, if, if somebody can't take the time to invest five, 10, 15 minutes to set up their goals and habits, then they don't, cause by the way, that's, they only do it once or once per tracking period. I guess my point is they don't really want the goal or or the desire isn't there to develop the habits if they can't take the time to do that. Having said that, <laughs> again, we buckled and now we have like a, a very friendly walk through how to set up the goal, how to set up the first habit. So interesting yeah there's a lot think uh, to think there cuz there is an idea where you know having a barrier of entry to where like do you, do you really want this right <laughs> well welcome to my world <laughs> right yeah so all right well let's back it up luke um i know you through the uh just to give some more context to this through through the junto group which was and is a fantastic group i spoke at i think it was about a year ago and you fascinated me. You were, you were very kind. We spoke afterwards and you really impressed me with not only your desire to learn and understand kind of the habit factor method and what it's all about, but I could tell the level of professionalism. And so I, I made a note to circle back. And again, I think the timing is perfect as we approach the new year. So having said that, take us back though. You grew up in the Midwest. Um, kind of where you went to high school. I, I know I know what you studied in college, but I want you to share that and, and kind of your journey. Again, how we end up in San Diego doing what you're doing now. Sure. So yeah, the uh, long story made as short as possible. I'm from Rock Island, <laughs> Illinois and uh, school of the, the rocks. I mean, <laughs> talk about creative there, right? <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I went to Illinois State University where I graduated with a uh, bachelor's in exercise science kinesiology. And, uh, you know, I originally was going to school for business um, with this idea of, of traveling the world and quickly realized as I'm in an accounting class that I hate every bit of this. And in my free time would find myself reading about nutrition, reading about physiology and thought maybe we should go where the passion lies. And uh, I made that switch my junior year to the kinesiology department. Um, from there, you know, I did an internship in Colorado where I got to work with athletes in a performance center before finally making the move to San Diego. And obviously, if you've been to the Midwest as I'd moved back there, uh, it's pretty easy to decide why I chose San Diego. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, probably the, the biggest pivot for me was actually I hurt my back training and I um, ended up going to a chiropractic office to see a practitioner who had helped me with some elbow tendonitis I was experiencing from jujitsu. And uh, this practitioner, long, long story short, became a mentor of mine. And it really, really changed my trajectory as far as what quality exercise looked like because I worked with some really smart people. And this is something people don't realize is that, you know, the average, say, personal trainer, there's not a lot of knowledge that goes into that. There's really just one book, one test, and you can become a trainer. So there's not, you know, <laughs> there, there's some great personal trainers out there there, but there's a lot and probably more poor ones. And, uh, you know, even with my kinesiology degree, realizing I didn't, uh, there was some, there were some major gaps. And so that experience of having a lot of freedom in this rehab center, um, to kind of quote unquote, play personal train, uh, right. play pretend physical therapist, as I was doing the corrective exercise side for this practice, I got to work with some really smart people. I got to work with a lot of high level professional athletes and with injured people, which really, um, again, kind of crafted and changed my viewpoint of exercise. So let me uh, pause you for a second here. My apologies. 
Quick question. Do you happen to have any browsers or anything open in the background? I just want to make sure our connection is as clean as possible. If you don't, that's fine. Just checking. I should have checked that on the front end. And then I want to go back to, so you'd be, you'd be surprised how many times I hear this on this show. Guests are like, I realize accounting wasn't for me. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, it's, it's uncanny. Um, but when it comes to, can I want to say kinesiology? Yeah. Kinesiology. How, how, what is it that attracts, what is it that attracted you to that? Well, so for people listening, kinesiology, you know, it's the study of movement and as an athlete growing up, you know, that, that spoke to me. I, I think going into college, I had kind of got, um, sports ended for me. You know, I wasn't a college athlete and what I did find was kind of the health bug. I got into eating healthy and, and, uh, working out. And as a really skinny guy, I wanted to get muscular and, you know, that never quite happened. (laughs) And so that study of movement kind of, um, was interesting to me. And then it really kind of bridged something that to this day has brought me to where I'm at. And I do have a, you know, a, an underlying desire to make an impact on, on a personal level with people. And this kind of became the bridge for that to where I could take an interest um, and, and something that I personally was, you know, could sit down and read books about and, and watch videos and, and talk and listen to and bridge it with also the, the seeing this major impact that it could have on somebody else's life. Genius. No, I love it. And I, I, I just think about, when when we go back to kinesiology, like you you were thinking that you wanted to build, I'm still on, trying to understand the gap, the the jump. You you wanted to build muscle, but that's a study of movement. And and I recognize you were rehabbing an injury. Well, the injury um, came after college. So okay. yeah, in college it was more of, um, you know, truthfully, if I were to take a step back and. You know, I don't know that I would have recommended that I went to college at that time. I really didn't know what <laughs> right. I wanted to do. Right, you know, right, and right. I think if I were to guide somebody my age at that point, I don't know that I would have recommended college because I, you know, I didn't know what I wanted. Um, so even with that degree, I wasn't sure what I was going to do with it. Um, it just spoke to me from an interest standpoint, and uh, I really did stumble into the the next step, which was when I did hurt my back and finding this, uh, this rehab studio where I got, I got some, some world-class mentorship from some really smart people that are, you know, still mentors in my life this day. So and, and those mentors or that in particular one is still here in San Diego or. Yeah. So shout out to, uh, Dr. Sean Robeck, who I was just actually on the phone with last night. And, uh, another guy, Jonathan Pierce, who's a, a world-class soft tissue specialist works on, on some of the uh, top athletes in the world. And then Dr. Sam Wag, who's a good personal friend, another uh, talented chiropractor. So I got some great practitioners that I get to bounce ideas off of and, and again, learn a lot from. So that was one facet of, of uh, my education. And then the other side was really trying to figure out the implementation side for the average person who's trying to um, you know, improve their lifestyle because that became a whole other thing. And that's kind of more where I'm at today. Right. So we're going to get into that. And, and that's a perfect segue for what I should have said in the open. Luke has a terrific podcast of his own. It's the Live Great Lifestyle podcast, right? Yep. You got it, man. Awesome. <laughs> Just make sure you check that out. So, so what does that transition look like? Um, because I know you, you kind of wane down pulled back your, your personal training, and then you move toward more towards this, this coaching aspect, this lifestyle coaching. Um, talk a bit about that, please. Yeah. So, you know, before even the rehab studio, I had done personal training. What I think most people think of just your traditional personal training, maybe coming in to see your trainer three times a week with the goal of, you know, losing weight and getting healthy. And, uh, I'd done that before and I had really done that even after. And what I found was, there was a lot of um, people who weren't successful with that model, like quite a few, um, meaning people would tend to lose weight, but they would often then gain it back when the training stopped. And what I kind of figured out was there's a level of, I think, pacification that takes place with the personal training model and it lacks the empowerment because when we're talking about you know, being healthy and being fit, this shouldn't be something that we give the power to someone else and put it in somebody else's hands. Right. It really should be about gathering tools 
and really leveling ourselves up to become the person who can be healthy and fit. It just gets it, into yeah, sorry, sorry. no, no, I apologize for cutting you off. It just reminds me of the you know, it's the feed a man a fish or you teach a man to fish. <laughs> exactly. And right. so, you know, uh, again, I, I can't tell you how many like I can think of so many crystal clear examples of this, and I know many other trainers have had that experience. And um, you know, if I think if the only way you think you can get there is with a personal trainer, you're kind of dead in the water already because you're not going to do the other stuff that matters. You're not going to keep it together when you go on vacation, when you get home, and it just becomes checking the box. So uh, seeing that kind of flaw, I really tried to figure out, well, how do I get people to integrate this stuff? Um, I got other mentorship and went through kind of a coaching process that involves a, a Dharma process, which is to kind of help people look within. So how do we nice. integrate this? Yeah, because everybody knows like, hey, um, right. we all know what we should do and I think most <laughs> people could you know, think of that, but implementing becomes a much different uh, thing. And it really yep. is about, I hate to say personal growth, like becoming that guy or becoming that girl who's somebody who will exercise, will that's, get up when you're tired. Right. And it's, that's the, that's where the transformation comes from. I thought, I thought you were going to say, I hate to say it. It comes down to habits. <laughs> uh, well, that, that so, too, but mindset first. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. It's all integrated. And even they, there's habits around the mindset. I mean, that's, totally. but we'll, we'll get into that in a sec. I want to tell you, uh, there was this guy, you and I both may know him. He posted on <laughs> Facebook. He was like, he was getting ready for like Coachella or something. And he said, I'm going to give my, <laughs> my, my personal trainer 500 bucks. If, 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 uh, basically he was saying, if he can get my body fat or body weight, I think he was saying body fat down to like 15%. And I couldn't help myself, Luke. I was just like, I'm like, why don't you, <laughs> why don't you give him 2000 if he can get you to 10 or under? Meaning, like he can't do it. <laughs> so right. It's not your personal trainer that's going to get your body fat down to under 10%. Totally. So and I'll show you right now. I, I don't know who that is, but I imagine I could show you a photo of a guy who's above 15% right now. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think if I say, I'm not going to say the name. I think you might actually know the guy. So, all right. Let's let's get into some of that psychology. I think you said something that was so powerful. I'm going to deviate a little from our typical format. You said it's about becoming that guy or gal that's going to lose that weight. And and in the habit factor world, the one thing we know over and over, I probably said it in my my talk to Junto, habitus <laughs> is the Latin root for habit. And it means condition or character. Your condition and your character is the sum total of your habits to this point. So the becoming is, is these habits that you're referring to. And, and it just, it, I'm saying all this because I'm reaffirming your statement that to become the person who uh, is going to lose that weight, it's it's those habits. And yes, they're habits of thought and they're habits of action. Totally. And yeah, it comes down to like, I mean, think about it. Like, do you want to be the guy that goes to the trainer or do you want to be the guy who loses the weight? Like, you know, like you want the end result and you want to be the person that can sustain it. And the reality is it's totally achievable for almost every single person. Um, one thing I always say is I feel like an outsider in the fitness industry because there's oftentimes I hate it. Um, <laughs> I don't personally go to a, like a normal gym. Um, and it has, it, it's nowhere as hard as most people make it seem. So it is something that's totally achievable. But yeah, you want to become the person who can maintain their health and fitness. And, uh, it totally should be. It should be an innate quality that we have, um, a, a God gifted thing. Um, and it's unfortunately turned into something that's either extreme or something that's marketed as, you know, super cheesy that you're going to get in three minutes. When the reality is like, it is your God given ability to be healthy, fit, vibrant, energetic, confident. Like that's, that's your natural state that you're supposed to be. Beautiful. Yeah. And, and to try it again, health is the first wealth. Wealth becomes very uh, meaningless without the basis, the foundation 
for for health and and even more like in incremental or foundational uh you know people talk about time how time is the most important thing but but really there are a lot of people with a ton of time who have very poor energy and very poor health so so energy quality energy vibrancy all those things you just said precede uh, even time in terms of value, right? So yeah, I agree with that. Yourself. Yeah. And you know, I get to work with a lot of entrepreneurs and you know, these are hard charging guys often and you know, many of them are successful and I think, man, what, and I see other guys who are successful and I think, what would you be doing if you were operating at your fullest potential? Because the reality is if you were, hate to say, you know, I, I'm going to say overweight, but if you're drastically overweight or if you're having unhealthy habits, the reality is you're not operating to your greatest potential and that's going to show up in things like your business, things like your relationships, whether that's with your customers, your clients, your, your uh, employees, or, you know, your wife, your spouse, whoever it is, those are all going to be affected because this meat sack that's taking you through this experience called life. It, it's, it's dating all of that. The meat, the meat sack. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. <laughs> so, so I'm listening to this and I'm saying, all right, give me a couple tips. Like, like, where do, am I starting? I'm not trying to throw you a softball, but, but it's just like, am I starting a diet? Am I starting an exercise? Am I starting with five minutes? That, I'm guessing the key is starting. Uh, where do I go? I want to, I want to lose 15 pounds. Okay. So here's kind of the overarching like premise and let's call this the, uh, the, the live great lifestyle. All right. For me, you know, the idea that you need to work out every single day, be in the gym and become what I think most people think it is, which is to live like a fitness model or a bodybuilder. It's not true. And it's probably not conducive to most people, particularly if you're a business owner, you probably don't have the time to go to a two hour workout twice a day. Probably don't have the time to, you know, count and measure every single thing that you eat. The good news is if you just want to be healthy, fit, lean, you don't necessarily need to do all that, but there are a few kind of key pillars that we do want to focus in on. And I think that this is kind of the fastest path to get where most people want to be, which is energetic, a fairly lean, athletic looking physique. Now, if you do want to look like the rock, you're going to have to get in the gym a lot more. (laughs) But you know, most people don't necessarily want that. They just want to be like a healthy, fit guy or gal. Did you see there was this movie? Where he's in it with Kevin Hart, um, Jumanji? No, it's it's. Oh God! Oh, the uh, the CIA one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why yeah. I like it, but there's a really funny scene, and it's totally relevant, which is why I'm he. So Kevin Hart hasn't seen him since high school. I've even I, played, I know you're going. <laughs> I've even played. I've even played the clip on the show, it's and great. Kevin Hart's like, "What? What? This can't be you! Like, what did you do?" And Rock's, Rock goes, look, I've only done one thing. He's like, anybody can do it. I went to the gym every day for six hours, but every, anybody can do it. So that's um, funny. And, and yeah, another thing I should have said on the, uh, the open, Luke, he's talking about fitness models. Luke himself is slash could be slash is a fitness model himself. So he knows what he's talking about. You want, you want experts, right? There are people that talk about a philosophy, and then there are those that embody the philosophy. And and it would be absolutely ideal if none of us ever had to talk about this stuff, but for whatever reason, we have to talk about it too. But But I think first and foremost, to embody the philosophy is critical. So Luke does that. So go on, buddy. Yeah, I'll try to, I'll try to make this succinct, but again, so oh, to, to, to avoid the, uh, you know, having to go the rocks strategy from that movie, which <laughs> the six hour a day, every day workout. Right. Um, here's really what I'm trying to, you know, instill in people and, and as a coach, what I help them install and obviously how we install it into every person's life is going to be completely different. But for the most part, if we can bring in three to four resistance workout uh, workouts each week, that's really from the um, quote unquote workout standpoint, all that it's going to take. Now to make that possible, we need to be really efficient with what we're doing. And so we're going to focus on more full body uh, workout routines that use multi-joint exercises. I think most people are going to be really shocked to find out myself and with the majority of clients, 
there's only about nine to say 15 exercises, maybe nine to 12 that really get used. So when you walk into a gym, you see those thousands of machines and you think, what the hell should I do? Mm -hmm. Understand you don't have to do most of it. So things like split squats, um, squats, whether that's a kettlebell or with a barbell, presses, overhead, both uh, vertical and horizontal. So bench press, um, overhead press, pull, pulling patterns like pull-ups, bent over rows. You're going, you're going really, really fast, which is awesome for people who know this. But <laughs> drill, drill down to like three or two, like your favorite resistance exercise for, say, shoulders or upper body or something. Okay. Well, I'll make it even simpler. Okay. If you think of exercise this way, there's only about four patterns of movement. Perfect. This is what I'm talking about. Brilliant. And within those patterns would be those exercises I listed, but you could really just pick one or two. So within each pattern, like yep. these four patterns, you have hinging, how you bend over essentially, squatting, how you sit down on a chair, pushing and pulling. So how you would push something away from you and how you would pull something towards you. Brilliant. And really with and really within those four patterns, there's just a few exercises that are good. And within that, if you use something called progressive overload, which is the idea of over time doing more work, that work could look like sets, it could look like reps, or it could look like weight, your body is going to experience a new and increased demand and it will grow. So that's really the like workout part that you have to do. That's the progressive overload. So when I see the dude at the gym doing a pull up and he's holding a weight between his feet, that's that's essentially progressive overload. Yeah. And now for somebody who's not at that point, right? Like right. if you can only do two pull-ups, well, progressive overload is getting that third pull-up. Right, right. Got it. But yeah, that's absolutely what's happening with that guy. And that would be a pretty strong individual. He's pulling his body. Yeah, I just meant I just meant relative to yep. exactly that progressive overload. So 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 we went through hinging, you said? Yeah. So hinging, if you think of hinging as how you bend over to pick something up yep. and really there's only three exercises I use with most people, the deadlift, which is the one that everybody thinks about when you think of a big power lifter lifting something off of the ground and you can lift a tremendous amount of weight like this. You don't necessarily need to, Got but it. it's also a functional pattern of movement. This is how you would bend over to pick up your toddler. Um, if we did that on a single leg, now we bring in some stability and we have what's called a single leg RDL. If you did it with a bit of velocity, where there's some speed involved, this would look like a kettlebell swing. But the foundational pattern of how you move at your hips and how your spine is organized right. is the same. So when you start to think, oh my God, how do I learn all of these exercises? Well, really, again, there's just a couple fundamental patterns that once you have them, kind of unlocks the other one. So this is phenomenal. So if I'm trying to start, is there a minimum set of time. I'm not trying to do all exercises in all patterns, meaning all four major groups. Um, I'm probably picking one or two, or am I rotating through during, during the progress of the week? I know we're, we're trying to do this relatively quick and, and this is why you have an online course and this is <laughs> why you coach. So um, I, I just don't want to, I'm trying to break it down to something simple for the user, the listener to take away just sure. to get started and then just simplify some of this. But I mean, this is so good. So, yeah, I mean, I like, and I'm going to, again, this may sound like it complicates it. I also like circuit training or supersetting within these workouts. And all that means is maybe doing one exercise right after the other. Right. So if you think of like the traditional bodybuilder approach, a guy might, I actually was just at the gym the other day for the first time in like a long time. I was at a traditional real gym and it was comical what was taking place. The amount of not work that was happening was incredible. And the traditional bodybuilder approach might be, say you do a bench press and then you're going right. to sit there for three to five minutes and then you do your next set of bench press. <laughs> yep. Well, what we could do is we could do something called a super set. And we have to do this intelligently, but we could do something like say that bench press followed right by a split squat. So now we have a pressing pattern followed right by a squatting pattern by doing a split squat. But that combination of doing those two exercises back to back, the increase of demand on your cardiovascular system is going to be intense. I mean, you're going to be, your heart is going to go through the roof. So now there's a level of, of efficiency that also kicks in here. And there's 
both from um, time in the gym, but also efficiency in what you're getting out of it because we're putting a big demand on our musculature, but also on our cardiovascular system. So it's kind of like double, double dosing. And I want to say like kind of like doing cardio without having to do it. So we can utilize that. But really, if you think about starting off, if you're just going to go try to build strength through those four movement patterns, yep. you, know, you could start with one to two exercises from each movement pattern. Got it. The only caveat I want to put there is I don't recommend deadlifting, particularly any heavy deadlifts and putting that with a superset. Meaning if you're going to do a weight um, that you can only do two or three times in a deadlift or even four or five times, I don't recommend having another exercise after or before it. That needs to be done by itself because there's a little bit a level of a risk um, of an injury there. Same thing goes for barbell back squatting, um, but you don't necessarily have to do that exercise anyway. You could actually do something called a kettlebell squat where you hold the weight in front of you. Got it. That makes sense. Yep. No, it it all does, and I I love the the efficiency comment relative to the superset. And I see a few guys doing that at the gym where they're very, you know, the the time is compressed, so so they just go from one thing to the next, uh, just like yeah. circuit. And yeah, and the cardiovascular and, is awesome. And you want to be a little careful with this. You don't want to take it to the extreme where you put say. 12 exercises in a row because now there's just going to be not enough um, in the tank to really create good engagement of the muscle fiber, which is ultimately when you're in the gym lifting, you're trying to um, get strong over time. Truthfully, that's like the most simplified way of thinking of it. So I try to limit that to two, maybe three exercises tops, but usually just even a superset's great. Um, and keeping those rep ranges anywhere from like eight to 12. New listener, the quickest way to get up to speed. Here at Habits to Goals to understand how it is you are going to craft intentionally the good supportive habits that will help you reach your goals more quickly. The process we follow is PAR. Plan, act, record, and reassess. That's it. It's fairly simple. You have three ways to get your free tracking sheet, which will get you straight up to speed very quick. So you can go to the habitfactor.com forward slash templates. You can text the word habits, H-A-B-I-T-S to three, three, four, four, four. And <laughs> finally to give you additional resources, just use your favorite search engine or, and or Google and just type par P-A-R-R in the habit factor. For those of you looking for a super Super deep dive on habit. The book, that's right. It's almost 10 years old. Check out the habit factor on Kindle. It is, I believe it's $3.99 or $4.99, practically free. Of course, it gives you not just a deep dive on habit, but, but really walks you through the habit factor process. So there are a handful of options for the new listener. So what would, what would be the, <laughs> I'm sorry to do this to you. No, you're good. Three exercises in a in a mini superset for a super beginner. Would it be like ten push-ups? Uh, so here, I'll build out a workout right 10 now. Squats. Go ahead. <laughs> I'll build. I'll build one out just as if I was like, "Hey, today's my workout day." I feel like exactly. Doing All right, so I'm gonna do. I'm gonna You're do a the starter. The li starter listener who's just gonna watch. She she he's walking to the gym right now because she's listening. Yeah. So, all right, I'm going to go do a split squat and I'm going to superset it with an inverted row, which is on usually done on like a TRX. Now, if you're a complete beginner, maybe you do one, maybe you do two sets of that. Me, I'm probably going to work up to three, four, maybe even a fifth set of that. You so, say an inverted row? Yeah. What's so, that? Um, the best way to describe it would be where you are pulling your own body weight up. So now we're in that pull pattern, right? So uh, this is the one with the two straps that you'll see. They have classes of them. Um, so yeah, you would basically fall away from a strap or a pole or something, and you're going to pull yourself up like you would be doing a pull up, except you are inverted to the ground. So it's, so you have a less. resistance strap. I'm trying you, to, you are the resistance. So you use, it's a body weight exercise. So picture like the opposite of a push up. Uh -huh. Imagine if you flipped yourself around and there was something you could hold on to and you pulled yourself up in that flat position. Okay. Does that make sense? I think so. And the cool, the cool thing with this exercise is you could be 90 years old and do this because you can change the angle of your body to make it harder. 
So it's an inverted push-up. Yeah, <laughs> that's the best way I could try to describe it visually. So it's an inverted row, meaning it, it encompasses a pull pattern, which is we're pulling our body weight up. Okay. Yeah. So that, you know, if you Google it, you're going to see a million butchers. Well, that's what I was just going to say. Google it. Yeah. <laughs> Super simple, right? So you do a couple squats and then you do the inverted row. Yeah. So, you know, that would be a one circuit right there, one superset. Yeah. How much you do of this, this is the one thing I, I love to hate on when I see people in magazines do eight sets of 10 pounds and, or eight reps of 10 pounds. How can you tell me how much weight to use? I can't tell you. Even when I did personal training, we have to figure it out. Right. How strong you are, how fit you are, your starting point is going to be unique to you. But generally speaking, we want to stay in something like that 8 to 12 rep range. So a weight you can really only do 8 to 12 times. So if you know you hit that 12th rep and you think you had another 15 in there, you got to up that weight. Got so, it. you know, That's when I do a split, advice. That's great yeah. advice. And, but you know, when I do a split squat, I'm going to work up to holding 90 pounds in each hand. So you can get, you know, fairly strong in some of these exercises, but you don't want to start there. The other way of adding volume would be how many sets you do. So again, if you're just starting out, you know, and this is what I hate to see. And if I can stop anybody from doing this, um, I hope, I hope I do. New Year's is coming and so many people are going to join gyms and boot camps and challenge classes and all this, I'd say nonsensical movement for movement's sake approach. And they're going to go in and they're going to do like 10 circuits of 10 exercises of 10 rounds. And they're not going to be able to freaking walk for a week. And then they don't show up. Exactly. There's no value in that. I can break anybody through volume. You can take the best athletes in the world and you can break them through volume. Eventually the, the tissue will fatigue. The point isn't to just do more to do more. The point is to do more while maintaining specific uh, um, positions, AKA use good form. Got it. So, you know, start slow. Um, start slow with the number of days that you're going to do. You know, if you're just getting into it, maybe do too. Um, this probably, you know, comes to, to your style of coaching with the habit factor. It's, you know, if you show up and you haven't been exercising and you think, you know what, I'm going to get after it every single day. The chance of you having long-term success is pretty low versus right. maybe we meet you where you are and say, hey, this week, realistically, I'm going to get two workouts in. Great. Boom. Maybe in three weeks, I'm able to get three. And all of a sudden now we have some momentum and now we have some things happening, but you know, going in and crushing yourself for 30 days straight with tons of volume, really you won't see the, any better result. You're going to be sore, you're going to be unmotivated, and you're going to quit. Brilliant, Luke. Yeah, we talk about plan, act, record, reassess. We call it the PAR method. It's very simple. We set the bar low for the first four weeks with our target days, and then we raise the bar tracking again for another four weeks. Um, this was so good as it relates to the fitness aspect. I know, uh, I don't know. You're the, you're the super expert here. I'm thinking diet is a close 50%, if not more. What, what can you tell us about diet and, uh, dietary tips? Um, sure. And I'll, and I'll follow up anybody who, as I was going through that exercise, I obviously didn't go through what a whole workout could look like. If, you know, if you're having challenges, shoot me a message and I'll, I'll finish that thought, but obviously trying to describe exercises <laughs> through audio. No, I know, you know, and I was going to say, uh, thank you for pointing out. Cause at the end we're going to talk about, we'll link, we will absolutely link to your website. Um, any courses you have and all, you know, available material you have out there. So Okay, cool. Great, great point, and thank you for bringing that up. So jumping back to, to diet, help, yeah. help me. So, so diet, all right, this is probably the most complicated – actually, I should say, it's probably the most simple thing that has gotten so complicated <laughs> um, and almost ideological, right? Like people are right. in camps on nutrition, and, and I think this comes from a business standpoint. You see that to be competitive in the world, you really kind of have to take a stance on something. So now people, you know, people don't eat – vegan they are vegan people don't eat keto they are keto right and uh for most people pretty sad (laughs) yeah right and so for most people if we are going to say stepping into the new year i think one of the the most common goals would be say to lose weight and there are some fundamental truths it's just how we get there and utilize them can be different depending on who you are Mm. So everyone wants that blanket statement and approach. And this goes for exercise as well, particularly with how we integrate these best practices. There are definitely best practices, 
but how we integrate them, I think, is different and unique to you and your lifestyle. And this is where good and bad coaching can, I think, come in. But from a nutrition standpoint, when we're talking weight loss, here's the reality. Calories are going to control your weight. However, I'm going to put the caveat and say quality tends to dictate quantity. And I'll explain. Hmm. I think so. Got it. Yeah. So if you take me, I'm an absolute carboholic. And you put some cinnamon raisin gluten free. I actually have to eat gluten free. Uh, you put some cinnamon raisin bread in front of me. I want to eat the entire loaf, and I easily can one day. <laughs> like an entire loaf of bread, I can eat, or a box of cereal one day, easy. <laughs> Crazy. Now, that is a quality issue. Whereas if you had asparagus, say salmon, and I always use these three. If you had asparagus, salmon, and French fries, or name your two favorite healthy foods, like name a healthy meat or right. or, pro- or protein, if you're, if you're a vegan, whatever you would choose, and your favorite vegetable and french fries. And imagine you're sitting there with your friends and you're having this giant meal and you're absolutely stuffed to the brim, but there's leftovers of all three of those and we're waiting for the bill to come. What would you start to nibble on while we're sitting there full? Uh, I think everybody's, n- <laughs> I'm going to speak for everybody nibbling on the fries. Exactly. So does that mean you should never have French fries? No, of course not. But what you need to recognize is the hyper palatability of that food because it's processed. It has been created in a way to manipulate your taste buds through texture, through salt, through fat. And I can go into a whole spiel on how they do this. It's, it's actually, it's fascinating. But once you recognize that, you can start to set up the environment because you realize you can't use willpower to practice uh, moderation as an eating strategy. You can really only use willpower to practice moderation as a buying strategy because if those foods are there, you're going to overeat. So by just focusing on more of a whole food, if you want to put paleo or paleo-ish diet on it, that's a really easy and good framework to kind of get people going in the right direction. Now, where people fall on this is they'll say, oh my gosh, I was eating paleo or I was eating keto or I was eating vegan and I didn't lose any weight. Well, then the reality is you still are taking in too many calories. Mm. The calories do have to be low enough where a deficit occurs that you lose weight. On the flip side of this, we see people that then slash their calories and they go into this really, really restrictive diet that you have absolutely no chance of maintaining in the long haul. It's almost like you've built in a way to quit and then right. you have no one to blame because, well, of course that's not sustainable. Well, it's not. So there's a sustainable approach and unfortunately it's not the sexy one. It's a little bit more into the moderation side. It's a little bit more slow and controlled. Mm. But I do think if you step into it with more of a whole foods foundation, a higher fiber, higher protein diet, there are some benefits to that. Um, you know, having protein with every meal, there is a thermic effect on protein where you will burn more calories through the active digestion of protein than you will carbohydrate and fat. Mm. Car- carbs aren't the enemy. Fat's not the enemy. You can technically have both. But if you're somebody who, you know, you want to experiment with keto, maybe it will work for you. It didn't work because it's magic. It worked because it allowed you to easily and effortlessly, hopefully, if this work, if it's so, if it's relevant for you, to get into a calorie deficit, and that's it. So that is fantastic, and I'm going to slow it way down just to reiterate. Talk a million miles an hour. No, so. no, and I, I, I'm on the other end of the spectrum, but so maybe it's a good match. That <laughs> one of the key statements you just said was controlling the environment. Um, I'm not sure if you know this or not, Luke, but the, the follow-up to the habit factor was the pressure paradox, and it, it's really an investigation into the environmental component that influences our behavior. So, so having said that, the simple way to not eat the French fries is for them not to be within arm's reach. Now, if you're out to dinner, that's probably not optional, but, but at home to not have potato chips in the pantry or beer in the fridge or, you know, pick your poison. But the the point is you listener get to figure out how to control your environment, what to not have around to empower the better decisions. So you're not relying on willpower in the moment when you're weak. And, and I'm just reaffirming what, what Luke just said. Totally. I mean, and I'll follow that up with, I'm a guy who lives in this world. You would think I would have a high level of motivation to say, maintain body composition as you know, clearly it, it does 
impact my business and I do. Um, <laughs> but I am somebody who like, man, I love all the bad stuff. I love cereal. And I love sugar. Now I don't really miss it because it's just not around often. And when I do choose to have it, it is through choice and it is done guilt-free and then you move right on. Nice. And far too many people fall into the, the, the trap of thinking they've messed up and thinking they blew it. Right. You didn't. You only blow it when you get out of the game and you quit. That's so good. You know, having a cookie at Christmas or, you know, pumpkin pie or whatever it is, whatever makes it for you, in the big scheme of things, it's probably not going to hold you back. I'm, the problem is people don't draw the line anywhere. I love that you brought that up. I would have missed that. So the there is such garbage information out there about habit and how it, it if if you break the streak, you're screwed. You got to start all over. The the development of habits is not contingent upon a failed day or even three failed days in a row. The reason we said it in the outset. The reason you know you're on track or off track is because you are tracking. If you're tracking, you have four failed days. But guess what? You do it on the 5th, the 6th, the 7th, or the 12th. The point is you stay on track by tracking, and it is not. Streaks are great. I'm not saying streaks are worthless. I'm saying that isn't... I'm just, again, reaffirming what Luke said. It's not the time to quit because you've had a bad day or a bad week. Life happens. Move on. Keep tracking. The other thing about diet, because we're way over, and I promised Luke we were going to be quick, but this is such good stuff, um, is water. And I want you to advise us on our water consumption, please. Yeah, I mean, again, if we're talking, say, just overall say health and weight, obviously clearly water is a really good tool to use. Um, you know, if you replace a soda with a water, there's a calorie reduction that's happening there. But when you think about just hydration and your cells and all the amazing things that are happening in your body that, um, to not be properly hydrated, um, is kind of silly when it's something that's so simple here in the United States or really in anywhere in the developed world where you have access to like fresh, clean water to not, you know, start your day off with, with water and to be adequately hydrated is kind of silly. Um, it's, going to make as you exercise more comfortable, you know, things like cramping. Um, yeah, it's kind of a crazy one to think that people, people struggle with that, but you know, that easy. I, I think they struggle with it in a big way. And I'm, I'm wondering if you have, uh, any tips around it? Like, is it eight glasses? Is it six or is it, should you pound, you know, three in the morning and like, like what, you know, I, you know, you hear things and I think a lot of times, again, the marketing gets involved, you know, you hear things <laughs> like, oh, have a, have a cold glass of water in the morning because it raises your metabolism because you have to heat the water and, <laughs> you know, lots of, I think kind of, I, I don't say that. nonsensical things, but I think it's top of the pyramid stuff where as long as you're drinking water throughout the day, you're, you're probably okay. Um, you know, you probably shouldn't get to the point where you're super thirsty because dehydration is already, you know, starting at that point. Right. But I don't think you need to be running around with the gallon of water with the line on it saying you drink this at every, every hour. Um, you know, our body's quite self-regulatory. You, you don't, you don't get up in the morning, sit on the toilet and then just sit there until you have to go if you don't have to go. Right. I, I do think most people wake up in the morning, your, your level of thirst is there because you haven't drank anything in six to nine hours, depending on how, how long you slept. And yeah, you should probably drink something in the morning. Um, if you want to go higher level on it, you know, a couple things that I've personally, and I'm not making a prescription here, found useful is um, I'm taking a low level um, uh, electrolyte mix called, I think it's called Ultima. And uh, I've noticed in jujitsu, I've had less, less cramping. So that's been beneficial. And then I do own a Berkey water hydration system, which is not the cheapest thing. Um, but if you're looking for really high quality filtered water, um, that's the way to go. Fantastic. All right. Any, we're, we're going to hit some of my typical questions, but, but I'm thinking I want to offer you, uh, clothing, closing thoughts around exercise or diet or an, anything there before we, we, we divert back to you. Sure. Um, yeah, I'll just wrap with, you know, as I know what's coming with the new year's resolutions. Um, I made a post the other day about this where, you know, if you took that 30 day challenge that somebody's going to take on here in the, uh, in the new year 
and you just spread those workouts out over three months at three workouts a month, that's mm. only six more workouts, right? So you did 36 that way, but now you're in the game for three months. Now you'll have the result that you want rather than when you try to work out every day like a madman for 30 days straight and then you quit. That is for the long haul and understand on those days that you're not working out. Yeah. You still want to be moving, get out there and be active, but you don't have to go slave away on a treadmill, go play, go out in the snow. If you're in the Midwest, right? Go take your kids sledding and drag them up the hill. Just be an active human. If you're in San Diego, I cannot fathom how people go get on an elliptical, (laughs) go hike, hit the beach or do anything else. Right. (laughs) So make it fun. Um, but get into the long haul and understand you're going to mess up. You will cheat on your diet. You will miss a workout and it does not matter. Just keep I, I think that's a, that's one of the best tips of all time. Um, stretching the 30 day challenge to 90 day without really adding extra work because you're emphasizing the long haul and, and gosh, darn it, Luke, if that's one thing we talk about all the time. So Tracking for four weeks and tracking again for four weeks and raising the bar and tracking again for four weeks. It's the long term influence that really develops habit strength. And it is not about 30 day bursts or, or one day bursts. So I'm going to. Can I say one more thing yep, and I'll, I'll sure try can. to make it quick because I think this is important as well. I'd actually encourage people to Google. Um, this is an article I wrote for the Huffington Post called, and I, I titled it the. Um, shocking truth about before and after photos. I think that oh. <laughs> or, or, of transformation photos. And you're going to get inundated here in January with all sorts of supplements and meal plans and all of these like little hacks. And it's going to be accompanied by great marketing. Mm. And I promise it's too good to be true. And in this article, what I did is I actually used dehydration techniques um, that fighters use. And, and I did a 16 pound weight loss in one day. So I believe on, on the scale, I've lost 16 pounds. And if I show people the before and the after by just using posing, by right. manipulating my posture and flexing and doing a workout in a three hour period, the average guess is that the pictures are six months difference. That's so funny. And I really think that that's what a lot of, um, manipulating marketing for supplements and hacks and all the, the BS, um, is yeah. using. So don't fall for it. Even if it has, you know, um, <laughs> good marketing with before and afters, there is no quick fix. There's just science. <laughs> you're, you're cracking me up. Yeah. I had the same sort of, <laughs> same sort of revelation. It was like, you could just blow out your belly, look like, you know, you have a huge beer belly or, you know, whatever. And, and then you can be flexing. It looks like a crazy before and after photo. 100%. It's super, super funny that you brought that up. All right. We're bringing it back in. We're, we're right at third base here, rounding third. Luke, thank you so much. Very educational. Um, tell us how you would or may define success how I would define success. So I feel like definitions are supposed to be really succinct and and tight. Um, (laughs) So I think for me, it would be, um, I think the pursuit of improvement and finding, you know, joy and comfort in that. Um, I think growing and striving for more is something healthy that we should all be aspiring for. Um, but, and again, I think we need to find comfort in where we're at now, right? Like again, go yep. into our weight loss thing. I, I hope if you're 80 pounds overweight and, uh, you know, you're looking to improve that, uh, but you should still be enjoying your life and, and where you're at in that moment, I think as well. That's beautiful. I, I, too many people, I'm so glad you said that too many people get caught up in the, um, in fact, another Facebook anecdote, a guy posts, he's like, why can't we be just be and enjoy? Why do we always have to be improving and trying to get better? And there were all these comments and, and I just, I, I posed the question, why can't it be both? Yeah. <laughs> why, why, why can't you strive to improve and enjoy the process? Right? Like, yeah. Not an either or. So, uh, great job there. I love yeah, that. Yeah. And, and, you know, you don't have to, on that level of improvement when you think, we think of it in our areas of flaws, but like, why not improve on our ability to like give to love and all these other positive things that we're already like crushing, but yeah. improve on those too, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's not, 
It's not this or that. It can be both. Um, adv- <laughs> wow. I'm going to skip that one. <laughs> in the interest of time. All right. How about your two or three best habits? Well, I think this one should uh, go without saying, but for, for me, it is it truly is exercise and it's for my mind. Um, you know, I didn't realize, I was talking about this before, um, I think I probably would deal with high levels of anxiety in my life if I hadn't found uh, exercise. So mm. exercise for me is almost a meditation. It was mm. done solely for my mind at this point. I'm 30, I'll be 35 on Christmas Eve. I want to look good, yes, like I think everyone does, but I can promise you it, it's the, uh, don't let the Instagram post fool you. It's the, uh, not the driving force. It truly is how I feel and uh, how I feel mentally. So, you know, having an exercise habit and exercise lifestyle is huge. Um, and then I think, uh, you know, gratitude and gratitude journaling is an incredibly useful habit or tool as well. Beautiful. Yeah. The, the relevance, the impact that exercise has on, on mental well-being and wellness is, I, I, I don't know if it can be overstated. It's just get sick. Think about when you're sick and how you would give anything to right. not feel sick. <laughs> well, and, and your comment about, you know, anxiety and, and how, how it just, it can help so much because you, it just shifts your perspective. It's huge. It's incredible. Huge. Um, how about a, a, you do, this is optional. You do not have to answer, but, but a bad habit that uh, you may be trying to get rid of. Um, a bad habit I'm trying to get rid of, I'll just say more globally, you know, I struggle with structure, which is what habits are, right? Um, so I'm aware I'm somebody who likes and values freedom and variability. And so with that becomes a, a struggle to be consistent in oh my you know, things that maybe aren't as, as fun to me. No, I'm freaking out because so between my interviews so the interviews are Wednesday. This is during the season. And, and Mondays are the mind bullets and Fridays are the frequently asked Friday. But, but an upcoming mind bullet is about consistency. And, and, and it's exactly what you talked about. So I'll save it for that episode. But, uh, wow, I'm just blown away. You said that. That's interesting. Um, how about favorite? Books, transformational books, things that have impacted either the way you do business or your life. Um, yeah, I got two for you. And I feel like one, when I recommend it, I always want to tell people maybe don't read it. You might hate it. <laughs> the, uh, the War of Art by uh, Stephen Pressfield, simply because for me, yeah. it, just, it was just a way of highlighting something that I experienced, which is, again, resistance in the form of procrastination and, uh, you know, more of an ADD brain and wanting to take on ideas and however it shows up for you. But, you know, reading that book to realize high level people deal with that as well. And that there's, you know, ways to set up habits, um, to set up your environment to, to navigate that. And then the other, and this one has definitely, um, rang true for my work as far as when I'm dealing with people, cause I do have to deal with a lot of the mindset stuff is Dr. Dispenza's breaking the habit of being you. Um, it's going to be a little bit more on the woo side for some people, but I can kind of summarize it up like this. We all know the angry old man and how did he become the angry old man? Well, something happened at one point that made him angry, but likely what happened is over time that anger became a habit, a bad (laughs) habit. And then eventually it became a personality trait. And I see this a lot with clients who are struggling. You know, when we get on a call, and I see where they're at and you can kind of see there's just some turmoil. There's things that are happening and you know, where you're at emotionally in your life. If you can't shift out of that state of say stress, you're really going to have a tough time maybe bringing in new habits, making a healthy choice. And the reality is we have a lot more control over um, our personality and how we can shift our state and kind of step into a way, a way of being, if you will, or a new mindset that is going to be way more productive and allow us to kind of, I think, make steps towards those habits. That's good stuff. I could have you read that one? Uh no, I've had a couple of people recommend it and um I just the way you summarized it brought me all the way back to 
our discussion earlier about becoming and how habit truly is what you become. And, and you just said it there again. So, um, but yeah, it's been recommended not on, on the show. Uh, surprisingly either has the war of art and, and that's a great book. So beautiful. All right. How about this? A tech tool, gadget, website, something you can't live without, excluding the phone itself. <laughs> I wish I could get away from that thing, right? Right. Uh, you know, I just went to a um, a meetup or a conference, whatever you want to call it, and uh, I'm digging through the information. And I had, I had gone through it before as a test, and it was really useful, and it's proving to be useful again. And it's the uh, wealth dynamics tests. So hmm. I don't know if you're familiar, if your listeners are. Um, but as somebody who is, you know, bringing in and outsourcing some things and looking at where I struggle and where I do have procrastination and oftentimes because it's, we're out of, you know, our zone of genius, if you will, right. wealth dynamics, what it helps you do is identify really what your strengths are, um, and, and what your weaknesses are. And this is one that for me really pinpointed me. Um, but more importantly, what it helps you do then is figure out who you really should partner up with, um, or bring in to fill those gaps in a strategic fashion. And that's called Wealth Dynamics? Yeah. That's and it gets. A, I, I actually, I meant that's an app or a website? What no, is, it's a website. Well, it's, it's pretty involved. I mean, there's a book and it's a website, but you could go take, I think for 97 bucks, you could take the Wealth Dynamics test and you're going to at least get that core information. Um, but as I, from attending this event, I'm going through some of the, uh, some of the other stuff and it's quite in depth as far as trying to help you build a business um, based sure. around your personality and and I think this uh, Roger guy is quite brilliant. Great. Yeah, it just reminds me of Strength Finders a little. I don't know. If yeah, you- similar, um, but way, I mean, I've, I've read that. This is quite, I hate to use the word dynamic because that's in the <laughs> in the sure, name. Sure. But uh, it's bulky as I'm going through it. I mean, it's a, it would be a system that I think somebody could go drop into and spend a year, you know, like using. All right. A last this will go back to the mindset. So this, should, this should be the last question. Let's say think of another. Uh, how are you getting yourself through tough days when things, whether it's a workout, a diet, or just bad things have happened uh, at work? How, how do you muscle yourself through tough days? So I do use, this is where activity physically moving my body. This doesn't have to necessarily be quote unquote exercise, but uh, I can very quickly shift my state through three things, which would be movement, going for a hike real quick, just blowing my body out a little bit, getting in the ocean, getting in nature. Those are just like quick little tools that can shift my emotional state if I am feeling low. Um, but, But I do think it comes to the bigger issue of you know, having that core driver and that big why motivation is, is what I call it in my coaching practice. Um, you need to have that anchored in that there's something that is, is driving you deeper. And for me, that's, that's obviously impact. Um, but I think you can even use like, and I'm stealing this, I think from Tom Bilyeu and, and I do this naturally. You can use like dark and, and light as, uh, you know, some of those, you know, when I'm stuck and I'm, I can kind of go into the competitive spirit and think about, you know, somebody want me to fail or not feeling good enough or whatever the like almost negative emotion to just kind of light the fire. But then ultimately I want the the light or the positive emotion to pull me through, which is going to be, you know, feeling great or, you know, um, uh, having purpose and, and, and making an impact. But I, you can leverage that. I think. I love it. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You can leverage negative emotions. We've talked about that often regret being one of the great ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, Luke. Well, that was absolutely fantastic. Again, enlightening and educational. Um, As we part ways, I'll ask you to stay on the line here, Um, but you get to say a parting shot. And then again, we're going to be sure to link to your website and your courses and, and all that is, Luke is offering. So you're, you got the mic, buddy. Uh, okay. Well, again, I'll just reiterate for all those, you know, January 1st people stay in it for the long haul. Oh. Um, I know I did a, uh, a poor job of giving a full overview of, of what that really looks like to, to get in shape. So if you do need some help, shoot me a message. You can connect with me at live great lifestyle is the easiest way to track me down. 
Um, I'm happy to, you know, clear that up if that wasn't. You did a great job. No, that was fantastic. Absolutely amazing. Considering, <laughs> considering the, uh, platform you were given here. <laughs> Um, all right, Luke. Well, thank you. Thank you, audience. We are saying goodbye and, uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. All right. Well, thank you for uh, bringing me on, man. It was fun. It was a great job. Thanks again. Hey, really quick. I just want to remind you if you want to grab your habits and goals tracking template, the template that started it all. You can get that really quickly. Just text me at 33444 and simply text the word habits. That is habits, H-A-B-I-T-S, to 33444, and you will get the tracking template immediately. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Thanks for dropping a quick review. It'll take you less than 30 seconds if you're getting value.